Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? Man, the suggestions keep coming. No matter how many shows I do, I seem to have settled on at least three or four there. Thank you for listening. As always, I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. I did just get back from the Aspen Comedy Festival. Thank you to you what the fuckers that came out. Uh, Mike came down from uh, Broomfield, Colorado, I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken. Brought me a bag full of Celestial Seasons tea. Boxes upon boxes. He works up there in a t-shirt. It's great to see he and his wife. They came up uh, up to Aspen. A couple other what the fuckers came. Always happy to see you. Always happy to meet you. Thank you. Today on the show, I'm going to talk to the Sklar brothers, Randy and Jason. Now, look, I've known these guys for about 20 years and quite frankly, didn't like them much. I had a lot of problems with them. I plan to talk to them about those problems. I don't even know which one is which. I used to just judge by which one. The, the angry one, I think, was Randy. And I always got the sense that he was a little pissy. I, I don't know, but they're, they're nice guys. They reached out to me. I've known them a long time. I figure maybe I can find something in the Sklar, something sorted, perhaps. There's got to be one sorted story. I mean, they're twins. There's, there's something fucked up about that. Am I right? I mean, I'm not knocking if you're a twin, but I mean, it's, it's a weird life. You know what? Let's do this first. JustCoffee.coop. You can go there and get some Just Coffee. You can go to WTFPod.com and get it too. Uh, if you buy the WTF blend, they kick me a, a few shekels, as they say in the game. Hold on. I'm drinking water. It's a little late right now. I don't want to be jacked up on coffee. I've had enough today. I've had enough coffee. I've had enough nicotine. I got to get the fuck off of this goddamn nicotine. I haven't smoked in 10 years. I'm chewing the gum. I'm eating the lozenges. I'm back on the snooze. Feels like my mouth is about to fall out of my face. I think I'm going cold turkey next week. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to drag you through it with me because I got a monkey on my back, and all it wants to do is eat fucking nicotine. I know I've been through this with you guys before, but this is my life. I have to set up the mindset and, and the, 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 the heart set to get, the, get off of this for good. I don't know what I'm going to be like. I don't even know if I'm going to be that appealing. I'm barely that appealing now. If I pull this thing out, if I pull this wedge between my soul and reality out from under me, I might just go really fucking crazy again and destroy everything. That would be fun. I, I guarantee it'd be some good podcasting. For those of you who want to come out, I'll be in the Bay Area. I'd love to see you. I'm going to be up there doing Greg Barrett's Bring the Rock show tomorrow night. That's uh, Friday the 18th and Saturday the 19th at Cobb's Comedy Club. Why don't I learn to turn off my phone when I'm doing the show? Uh, Cobb's Comedy Club, Bring the Rock. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great, man. And I, I'm gonna tell you something, and 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 maybe if I tell you, I'll stick to it. Well, first of all, Grant Lee Buffalo or Grant Lee Phillips is gonna be playing guitar, uh, and my buddy uh, Mark Rivers is gonna be on drums. They're gonna be backing me up. Listen to me, it's all about me. I, I'm gonna be the front man in this situation. The way this, the way it worked, Nick Thune's gonna be on the show. Uh, Grant Lee Phillips, Greg Barrett, and you tell a story. And then usually it's, it's always about music. And if you talk about certain music or a certain band, then the band plays a song uh, from that band that you talked about. And in my case, I'm going to use this opportunity to sing for the first time 
in front of people. I'm going to do it. I've got my mindset. I went and rehearsed with the fellas and I I asked myself again, why am I not in a band? Even if it's just for fun, I'll tell you why. Because when you play with professional musicians, I mean, we did one version. I got on my guitar. We played through the Velvet Underground song I'm going to play once and it was spectacular. Everybody was at the right level. Everybody was, uh, you know, held, you know, pulled back a little bit, kept it tasty, as opposed to when you play with amateurs within four minutes, everything is louder than you can even imagine. You can't even hear your fucking guitar or your voice or what the other people are playing within five minutes of playing with amateurs. And I'm an amateur. Okay. I know how to play, but I'm an amateur. I don't play with people, but to play with some guys that know what they're doing. God, it was, it was fucking fun, man. I got to get, I got to do more of that. Why am I denying myself that? Why am I denying myself joy? You know why? Because I'm wired that way. I'm going to let more joy in my life and I'm going to stop nicotine next week. So hopefully I will sing if I don't lose my voice. That happens sometimes if I'm nervous enough and I get enough stage fright, something will go wrong. I'll get sick. I'll, I'll have an excuse, but I'm, I'm going to do everything I can, everything I can to, to do it. And I might even record the process. I might even record what I'm going through because I get stage fright. And when it comes to singing, for some reason, when I'm singing, I, I, in my mind, I might as well be up there naked with uh, someone else's penis, uh, a, a much smaller one. That's how I picture it. So let's, let's do, let's do a little something. I, I got some news articles. I haven't done this in a long time, but several people, all right, two, two of you, what the fuckers sent me two different news articles that I found interesting. All right, this, the stories I have in front of me are, are have to do with lightning striking. And I'm sure some of you have heard these stories. But uh, the first one was sent to me last week. Was it last week? Yes, this was, um, this was sent to me uh, th- about this guy, Richard Butler, who went up onto a mountain uh, in North Carolina with his girlfriend, Bethany, uh, to propose to her. They went up there, and they're up there, and they both get struck by lightning. Struck by lightning and she dies. Okay? Struck by lightning. What are the fucking odds? The odd thing about that story is she died and as she was uh, dying or maybe after when the EMTs were working on her, he put the ring on her finger and uh, is going to have her listed on her death certificate as his fiance. That's a little heavy, but let's stick with the lightning idea. Let's not get too attached to the people involved. And I'm sorry if you're a friend of theirs, but I'm, I'm trying to, to explore a broader theme. I got this today. Church will rebuild large Jesus statue. Here's what happened. Lightning struck this huge statue of Jesus. And it caught fire. And it struck his hand. His, his, his outstretched right hand caught on fire. Burned the thing almost down. All right? Lightning. And then uh, there, there's some pretty funny callers who called uh, 911. Someone called the... Uh, uh, the dispatcher and he says um, a bolt of lightning had hit the statue and the dispatcher said Jesus is on fire that's pretty funny a woman caller said she couldn't quite believe what she saw and the quote is the giant Jesus's right hand is on fire is it supposed to be that way she asked the dispatcher is Jesus's hand supposed to be on fire no so lightning strikes this couple lightning strikes Jesus and then lightning struck the ship that was cleaning up the oil in the Gulf. A bolt of lightning hit a ship capturing oil. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I don't want to... 
you know, I, I, I'm not a believer, but I'm not beyond, you know, mystical interpretation of things. You know, the odds of lightning striking twice, I know, is our, 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 our swim and lightning happens. And I'm sure there's a practical explanation. But I choose to extrapolate from this the possibility that this is not the sign of Armageddon, but instead it is a power play by the Old Testament God, Yahweh. Yahweh is bouncing back. This isn't about Armageddon. There's no reason to read it that way. The Old Testament God was a temperamental, fucked up, pissed off guy. You never knew what he was going to do next. Who knows what's going to happen? And bigger yet, who knows what the fuck it's supposed to mean? But all I know is that if, 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 if Yahweh is shooting out sparks and setting his son's hand on fire and they, they have a hard time putting it out, that's just a sign. If, if, if Yahweh is shooting down sparks and hitting, the, and hitting the ship that's cleaning up the oil, what does that mean? Is he say, I, he's done this before. He's basically said, you know, fuck you people. If you can't wake the fuck up. I mean, everyone wants to sit around and try to figure out whose fault that oil spill was and why didn't Obama regulate this or that. Even if he had put regulations in place, it wasn't going to stop this. This shit was bound to happen. The real concern is, is that it's not fixable. It's just going to ooze. We've opened up, we've cracked open to the underworld. I saw some sci-fi show on the other day where, where, uh, where, where some spell had been cast and there was a crack in the earth that led right to the underworld and, and who knew what was going to come out of there and kill mankind. This is similar to that. Who fucking cares whose fault it is? I'm surprised BP didn't blame the ocean. But the truth of the matter is you can't put a cork in it and they can't figure out how to stop it except by siphoning it off on, a, on another well. All I know is that this, more than any other thing, you can sit around and, and think global warming doesn't exist or you can sit around and, and think that people who say it doesn't exist are idiots. You can uh, conserve energy. You can use your recycling bin. You can claim that you're a good person. All of that shit. Whatever side you are on, all I know is that this is the clearest indication that environmentally we are beyond the point of no return because if this thing keeps oozing that shit into the ocean, it's going to kill off most of the ecosystem in that part of the world. I don't know what it's going to take to get people to change, really. I mean, what, are we going to have to run out of shrimp as a culture? Is, is that what's going to facilitate a, a shift in the energy paradigm as people sitting at Sizzler going, what, what do you mean there's, there's no more shrimp? I mean, like tonight? Never. There's never going to be any more shrimps? But we... we we come here on Friday for the shrimp and, and the steak and the no shrimps. Oh my God. What's happened? I mean, is that what it's going to take? Is that how we are? Is that how you are? Is that how I am? I don't even eat shrimp. My dad apparently likes an occasional shrimp. And I don't know what it's going to take people to stop and just say, you know what? Maybe we need to figure out how to make fuel out of our pee. Maybe we need to figure out how to make fuel out of garbage. Maybe we need to make fuel out of our shit. Maybe we need to make, find some other vegetable-based option or solar-based option. Build a business out of it. I don't give a fuck. But if people don't wake up after this thing, fuck it. Then, then God's test has been realized that, you know, then, that then another flood is coming. All right, he's pissed off at his son, sets his arm on fire. Everyone who believes in that, that's an indication from the big daddy. All right, the BP thing is, you know, fuck you. Grow the fuck up. Wake the fuck up. I'm not even going to help you clean it up. The first one with the couple, and this is what makes me more, you know, 
religiously inclined is that if Old Testament God is so pissed off that he's striking couples on mountaintops on the day that they're the, the man is proposing for marriage, I mean, that is the almighty cock block. I mean, he is furious on such a personal level that I don't know if, if we're ever going to. Yeah, it's it's problematic. It's problematic. What do we extrapolate from these lightning incidents? Sure, be scientific about it. Coincidinky. Okay, I just choose to make it a little more interesting. All I know is Yahweh is pissed. And when Yahweh gets pissed, there's no immediately decipherable lesson. It's very erratic. And it, it takes hundreds and hundreds of years of arguing Jews to even begin to figure out what the fuck it means. And we don't have that amount of time. I mean, how do you even interpret that? The lightning strikes and your almost fiance dies. I mean, how do you interpret that other than look up at the sky and say, God, God, you fucking cock blocker. I knew why my girl, why me? And you know what God would say? Because I'm God. All right? You got a problem with that? Now walk home crying, man. Life is tough. God is a cock blocker. Randy, Jason, Cecilia. Randy, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I uh, I have to admit to being um, somewhat dickish about that. It's, In the past, it, to it, me, it was always like the nice Sklar and, the, and the not so nice one. Really? Was yeah. There, was there a difference? I, I guess this is one of those situations where it's Randy and Jason Sklar in the garage right now. It's one of those situations where I, I probably have to, to make an apology of some kind. Uh, I feel like you should just start that. Just be like, your like opening ten- instead of hello should be like, I'm sorry. It's yeah. It's like I, a 10 year swath of time. That's right. But there's you're like, some- I'm going to go back and. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that, that I, I genuinely uh, owe apologies to because they know me or I've said something wrong. But you guys, I was kind of a dick to for a long time. Why? Yeah. Why were you? I knew we were going to get into this. I, Did you feel that? Yes. But here's the thing. And I'm going to say this. I, yes, you were kind of a dick to us for a while, but. Looking back at us back then, I kind of you like, had every right. I agree with you. You had every you right. Should to have be been dicky to us. I don't know if that's true. I, I think that, I do. I think it is. Because who the f- when, who when the we fuck go back, we? if you rewind the time machine and you say where were we when we first were like actually our spheres were connecting. It was, it was when, it right as remember when Rebar was born in New right. York. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Luna Lounge was big, and there was yeah. a period where you would do Luna every week, basically right. in the four spot or the yeah. the, the, the sweet cleanup. Yeah. And which know, is pretty remarkable that you would come with like new stuff. Well, I just wash my shit every week. You know, it, it, it went one way. Yeah, it didn't always go well. I mean, I, I don't no, know. But no, it, but it, no, but it mostly did. Well, when, when people pe- came to see you, I think. Yeah. And, and when people were like us, you'd get like a spot. I remember when we were told like someone fell out and they were like, oh, you guys are up. You can do a spot. And we weren't really prepared. And yeah. they called us the day of and they yeah. said, you want to do a spot there? We were so nervous. So then when you think that like, okay, here's a guy who's going up and doing it every single week, whether it, again, whether it goes super or not, it's like, 
That was impressive. That was always impressive. It could drive me crazy. I think. Well, I think the reason why uh, I had a resentment is I I couldn't get past the novelty of the fact that you were identical twins. Which, by the way, probably one of the most difficult things for us to overcome in this. There's no way you can overcome it. I don't think that. I don't think you can. I mean, but here's here's how we tried to navigate it for real. We always thought, okay, we're funny people. The fact that we're twins is interesting and a unique twist. You were the you, he was a nice one, by the way, Jason. He I was, was not. Nice I felt like you and Marin had more friction. Well, maybe maybe it was. See, now I can't because you're talking more now, and, sure. and it's hard for me to tell. I'm letting him talk. I'm letting him dig a hole. I'm not going to dig it because what I said was that I I believe for real that like our goal is was not to be the funniest twins ever to do stuff or just that to have a career just as twin comedians it was to be a great two-man comedy team whether we ever achieved it is not for us to decide but the fact that we're twins makes it unique and different right well i think that was my issue and then i realized after a certain point that you got no control over that and it was just i guess my thing was like uh, really they have to be on stage because they're identical twins i mean it, to me it would have been interesting if totally we were connected at the waist right because you know, to me it was sort of, of a, a freak show like and, we weren't even that we weren't even an interesting like we were there but not all the way it there. was a it wasn't disappointing a fully actualized freak sure. show yeah. yeah exactly that I was my I, I thought like well this is interesting but it would be really interesting if, if they we were, were connected in twins. some way like the sure. one who's like the woman who's a country singer and then the other one who's like in a wheelbarrow that's like her job are you serious yeah, yeah. one who like connected at the head they connect, oh no that's right the girls connected at the head she's got to go what she's if she doesn't go. like country music i don't want what does she do there like, i don't like but is, is, the, is the one connected at the head is it smaller or freakish or? smaller and and she's a like wheelbarrow. on a like a ta- like a kind of a hospital gurney or like some sort of a table that gets wheeled around like but whenever she needs to do interviews but wasn't there a point where you guys were like fuck you fuck you fuck you randy fuck you jason i'm Absolutely. doing my own thing i mean how the fuck do you like live with each other and and look at each other over and over again? I get along with Thankf- my brother. Thankfully, now we have families and we don't have to live with each other. So we have new people to say fuck you to. Right? I understand. I understand. But that. But, uh, but I mean, like when you're growing up, I mean, I would think at some point when you realize that you were separate people mm-hmm. and had different personalities. Sure, I mean, sure. who is the dick? Seriously. I think we both had dickish qualities. Let's not in be us. diplomatic here. I'm somebody, not being diplomatic. Somebody Neither. beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah, right no. now, right here. I don't no, know. I mean, he said in the past somebody like did when it. When you were a kid, I oh, have we a were kids. Yeah, we used to beat the crap we out of each beat other on each other. I don't, in, in weird ways. Like I feel like we would just because we expected a lot out of each other. Like the, what you expect out of yourself. Take the take the beating you give yourself. Mark. Right. So you do Which, it to each other. Yeah. You expect that. Can you imagine expecting that out of somebody else? What you put the standard you put yourself. Not someone to? that looks exactly like me. Right. I mean, because I mean, you I were married. That. You and uh, maybe that's because it's a representation of you out there. But you know where'd you I mean? grow up? St. Louis, St. Louis. So that's even weirder. So you're identical Jew twins in from St. Louis, Missouri. Strange. Weird. And you, what did you? You look like you this were kinda... is a, this is in a time pre fertility drugs when like yeah. actually twins were a novelty right. in that way, right? But now, but it's, okay, so pre fertility drugs, everyone sure. knew the Sklar brothers because you're twins, and right. sure. people were like, there they are in their car. What kind of car was it? In, it was in like high a novelty car. No, uh, was it a clown car? <laughs> yeah, a clown That'd car, no roof, just <laughs> us. Wait, it was wait. a tiny Shriners like, like car. a parade car. Uh-huh. Uh, no, we uh, we what we always had to share cars because we didn't have a lot of money. Like our parent and our parents like never. You know, it was like, even though they did have a little bit of money, it was never like spend it on stuff like that. So, so we shared middle stuff. class Jews from St. Louis, yeah. identical twins. Yeah. You went to school together all the way through. Yeah. Uh, you were in classes together. No, not not really. No, and that was good. And did you ever love that? I mean, you get these, we must get these questions over and over again. So you played sports? Yeah. So Yeah, played some sports. Together? Yeah. Soccer? 
soccer. Sure. Yeah, was, like yes. St. Louis was a big soccer town. So you guys were soccer players on the same team. We, we actually the, played for those Squire brothers. Did it again? Any no, of that? No, no, because I don't think we were ever. Good we were never that. Do, we good. were never good enough to do it in the first place. To where someone would be like, they, they did, did it again. Yeah, you know what I mean. There was never like <laughs> there was amazing. Never, they they did something. Do, there they was could. never a, a reprise of our mediocrity or someone saying that. Right, commenting I on I, it. I hear you. But all right, so now girls, you you know that you like the same girl? No, no, never. never really happened. Never. I don't think that ever happened. You're the married one. We're both, both married. married. Oh, when did that happen? A couple years ago. Years I ago. ran into your wife, right? The d- decorator. That's Randy's wife. I'm, I'm sorry. So, Interior uh, designer Amy. Yeah, 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 she's very nice. I she's ran into cool, her at yeah. Staples. Oh, did you? And she was uh, said she was in the middle of the uh, Oswald project. Yes, the uh, famed Oswald project. Is that project over? No, still in the midst ongoing. Of it. The cool, ongoing Oswald very good project. project. What's yeah. your wife do? My wife is a therapist. She's, Who's got kids? She's a psychologist. Both. Uh, I got two girls, two daughters, five and three. A son. I have one son. When did this all fucking happen? It's I mean, when he wasn't married for when a while. It, when I was at, When did this all happen? I have a daughter who's five and three. So when did it? Five years ago, it started. Basically, I knew you were on your way yeah but yeah no i we i was single when he was married and then uh having other like uh, families to go to and just where you have a role in a family that's separate from where this is is i think for us has been incredibly uh healthy all right here's what here's the other thing that used to bother me about you guys i'm sure that i'm I'm sure that there's only the other thing is is surprising no i don't i don't have anything against you anymore we were on a show recently it was fun yeah Uh, it was sort of jewy uh was it jewy i I got asked to do some jewy thing what was that thing that i got asked to do someone called me said they wanted me to do a video a jewy video ish video and that and that Mm -hmm. and they and their big point of reference was like the scars did it no yeah that, that, what, what that you should have that you should have run in the other direction. I did. It was somebody. Uh, good. <laughs> That's your indication to go. Uh, no, the Jewish Federation did these like videos of like what's your ish, what is your what, what makes you Jewish, and for us we did a whole thing about how like the Elliot Spitzer scandal was what made us Jewish, and really not so much how he dealt with it and everything, but just like Jews' reaction to the scandal for us was everything. That like Jews, when it happened to Elliot Spitzer, weren't like, oh my God. Like non-Jews were like his poor wife. That's bad right. for him and his career. And bad his, for his Like for us, Jews everywhere was like, oh, this is bad for Jews everywhere. Right. When that happened, you're like, this is bad for state of, the state of Israel. It's bad for Rod Carew, a man who converted to Judaism. He, yeah, exactly. And he, but Spitzer always seemed like a, uh, he wanted to pass. He didn't, you know, he he didn't seem yeah. that Jewish to me. His wife doesn't look that Jewish no, to me. No. I, I, don't, uh, I don't own Spitzer, no. you don't know. I, no, I, I, now if it was Fiveish Finkel, that's a five-ish whole other. Finkel drops I, if if Fiveish Finkel got caught in a prostitution <laughs> ring, I'd be I'd be happy that Fiveish Finkel was still yeah, functioning, still out there. But you guys around. got bar mitzvah together. What you split a half Torah? We shared the half Torah. Yeah, we did. That's unbelievable. And you both wore silly little suits. Did you, did you wear matching silly little no. suits? Three piece suits and didn't shave. Like that was a big thing. It was like we did. You had beards then? No, no. like thin. Like if, if Lou Dobbs met us, he would build a fence around us. Did That's you just say how... Mexican? Oh, yeah, Mexican. So you had a bar mitzvah, and you both were sporting your thirteen year old weird sort of little peach fuzz oh, that, that your parents said, "Take them off." They said, yeah. "Shave it." They said, "You'll like, want to shave." And it. my response, in in clearly demonstrating no foresight as a thirteen year old, was, "I don't want to," because then I'll have to start shaving for the rest of my life. Oh, that was it. That was that it. was your defense. And then of course I started shaving like maybe three weeks after my bar mitzvah for the rest of my life. <laughs> just terrible foresight. But now, the other thing I was going to tell you about was that, like, when I here's when I talk behind your back, sure, love it. This is what I say. Uh-huh. I say, yeah, you know, the Squires are nice guys, and this is not recently because everything's changed. Because, like, like I said, I like you now. Right. They're nice guys. They know what they're doing up there, but it's not really a team because a team has a straight man. 
right. and a goofy guy. They're they're just finishing each other's thoughts. It's almost peculiar. Well, I think our thing. Well, I'm glad that you found that because we were like, well, should we? I mean, that's all the advice we got from people was like, just one of you be this way and one of you be the other way. And we were like, but that's not who we are, really. It felt normal. very it felt very inorganic and I, felt like it had been done before. I don't even know if that would work, though, if one of you acted like a moron yeah, and the other yeah. one was the, set, the straight guy. And the I don't other... think it would work. I, I don't think it would work at all because I think that it just, for us, it's not who we are. It's not the way we tell a story if we were just going to talk to you about something. Do you know what he's going to say right now? No. Seriously, because sometimes it seems like there's some other weird biological thing going on. Nope. I think it's just listening. You, we've been around each other enough that I can I know when he's going to finish something. Maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Now, how, what, now when your career, like, okay, so you've you got to work together. Have you ever worked apart? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Doing what? I did uh, an episode of Curb. Jay oh, I think Curb. I remember that. But yeah. I just said there's a squire. Yeah, there's That's a squire. I, I do a lot of that. Yeah. People were like, a, a hey, you guys, you guys were great in Curb. Yeah. I was like, just nah, me. Nah, it was, was only me. When you guys did then, then you go, oh, yeah. It's fucking him. Yeah. Uh, you ruined it for me. I did. I ruined Is it Is there for malice? Me. Did you find yourself resentful? There was a little malice. I think at first I was I was bummed. I was like, ah, oh, man, that sucked. Because, I mean, the way it sort of went down. Jeff Garland basically said, I think one of the Sklar's. Get me a Sklar. I think one of them. And I, you just happened to be around? No, they just, they are, the agent sent me in and I was like, all right. And they're like, if he doesn't get, get it, it or, bring the other one in. And that's so, hilarious. Yeah. I think that you guys should, even when you appear on, on episodics or anything, mm -hmm. even if one of you isn't talking, you should always go together. <laughs> that like that like if you have get a part like you show up and do your part but he's just sort of lurking there we did this thing for children's hospital the david wayne thing the with, rob cordry or thing. the rob cordry thing where david wayne directed it but it was a basically they were going in a retrospective about a fake history about children's hospital and they did this whole thing about how there was the good uh, the twin doctors the good doctor and the evil doctor yeah. but we pitched it to rob that like they used this really complicated split screen just for me. And even though Jay was like right off camera and yeah. they showed him that he could have just easily been there. They like, were too cheap to hire both actors. So, so he's got to like take like, off his jacket. I, is this my frame? Am I cutting my hand off if I go over here? Meanwhile, Jay's like right there. He could have done it the whole time. But they were like, so that, I'm mean, again, that was a fun way to sort of twist what it was. But. I want to, I want to hear about the, uh, the screaming and the crying and the arguments about material. I mean, you guys. What, about our material? I mean, you've got to be at each other's throats. Yeah, we are. We, we are. We I've, fought. We physically fought as adults. And didn't you like? Didn't did you ever do this? Like, why do I have to be a twin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. And to be honest with you, yes, there were times like when we started in New York. No, I remember. You got to start. I can't believe we've been doing this twenty years. Like, there's some part yeah, of me that every I time I see you, it's like I. Uh, it's like fifteen years ago. I know. I except feel like that I like you more. Right. Well, sure. Did you find that like? Because like, see, I keep trying to compare you guys to me and my brother. Right. And you know, I was clearly. The What's fake. the age difference? Two though? and a half years. Mm -hmm. You're older or younger? I'm older. Okay. And I, you know, I I was a celebrated favorite mm -hmm. of every. I was the first grandson of all, you know, all yeah. the grandparents. Yep. And Craig sort of got my brother sort of got short short changed mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways right but like were, were there moments, <laughs> moments where one of us was like far celebrated there was a jay got into like the gifted program in, oh shit and As, i did not i did oh, i did smart score it yeah was like the smart score he's like doing like weird like yeah you know, i don't even know what that models of dodecahedrons and yeah I'm, it was like, a weird and you're still in regular class sitting there with your six. like your your baseball mitt just glue what are you doing just a bunch of <laughs> shitty glue yeah, we, I there, made this tongue. But then he did, and then I think he did better in school than me as like a way to compensate for that. So it like drove would, you, yeah. Maybe like made me more motivated to like 
I'll I'm gonna fucking beat I'll this gifted you. thing if it kills me. Gifted. Oh, what an awful hilarious. thing! So, yeah, I mean, I actually think all that stuff is now that we're older. I think it's all great. And now that I have kids, and I have two kids that are basically almost the same age split as you and your brother, yeah. I actually think it's amazing. It's it's we are doing a better job as parents to the little one because we don't overdo it with with her. Right. It's like the older one, we just. You know, you're like, you want to be the best fucking parent you can be. And you just lavish all this stuff on them. And then the second one comes around and you're like, I don't have all the time to do the things. They're still going to be fucked up later in life. Well, Everyone will you, be. You created a monster with the one he spoiled. That's, I mean, and then, I, I think and, everybody does. I wish I could have gone back and done the first one the way we did the second one, which is like to let a bunch of shit go and be like, you got to work it out. You got to do your own thing. Right. I, well, now the, you created a monster with the spoiled one. Right. And then the second one is going to have a chip on his shoulder because of how the because other one, of how the other one expects yeah, everything. Exactly. Well, is that what your brother has a chip on his shoulder? Oh, God. He's got chip to size. Can he watch you do comedy or is he? Oh, no, he likes me doing comedy. But you know, my brother's got. Uh, he's. He, I think we both have sort of a, a something stuck in our souls. I'm not sure what it is, but his beef. Some of his beefs don't <laughs> seem to go away. Like, and it's the same way <laughs> like when you're you. married. Yeah, like me. Yeah. Like you know, if something, if some shit does hit the fan, sure. Then I get the sort of like, do you remember when he stabbed me with that pencil? <laughs> oh God. You know, and it was like that. I mean, that was. That's bringing some. Yeah. 1971. You like that's still stuff. under the surface. Well, yeah, I think the dynamic he sees in his head when shit gets bad is being the same. But we get along better than we ever have because, uh, well, he's got several kids and and where uh, is we he? Don't live, he's in Arizona. And we're, yeah, we're getting along better now, but we're very similar emotionally. But I but, really, yeah, are you that guys? had to been like very combustible. Yeah, we are yeah. very similar. I feel like we are. Although very... he gets more sort of riled up and more emotional. Yeah, Randy does. Than, I do, than and me. I feel like Mike, and I'm seeing that. I, you know, and you don't. Yeah, you still not like me. Oh no, I like. I think I like you, and I think Jay's the one who had the problem with. Me. I still have a. A little bit of a problem. No, no because like, no, there were I'm times too. where like I'm trying to remember which one he used to like be like, oh fuck, this guy, Marin, yeah. This What's guy. he, he's going to bust up balls again? Because I think I made fun of you on stage and shit. Uh, you I probably you, did. I don't maybe. know. I, we deserved it. Like I said, I think you we deserved, deserved it. it. Well, no, no, no. But, you know, you got to come up somewhere. I mean, think about it. You came up in Boston. Like, I feel like we came up in New York. So all the mistakes we made at the beginning, unfortunately, were seen by people that we really respect and like. What mistakes? You're shitty when you're, you're a comic when you start everyone's up. shitty, but, but you're, everyone's you're shitty times two. Yes. Yeah, we're shitty times two. Our shittiness is like now We're shitty and someone's like, why are there two of them up there being shitty? It's like if there were just one one person up there being shitty it's half as shitty then you double it stereo with... shittiness yeah you're like oh my god there's two of them and they suck oh Fuck. man at but least you... one of them could be pulling this thing <laughs> it can't work but you guys really figured it out I mean like you know I saw you the other night it was very funny thank, thank you what was that was it that Bar Lubitsch place yeah it's a fun show it's but a good show wh- now what are you working on now though sports wise are you doing the sports show still you know we're gonna do I think a sports comedy podcast and again you know we sort of were Part of just like listening and loving podcasts, we're saying there, you know, a lot of people are like, because we fill in for Jim Rome, who's a popular sports talk radio. It's kind of like guy. the Howard Stern of sports talk radio. Like, you fill in for that guy? Yeah. He does like, he's in 200 markets, North America, Canada, and like we get to fill in and do his yeah, show for three you hours. you got to do the podcast and then fill in and then pitch your podcast. Punch in, push Because guys podcast. like, pod, you know, guys like sports. Yep. And the podcast is a thing. But our thing again, again, I maybe I, this is even born out of the fact that we are like, look, we don't. It's the same thing with being twins and trying not to make that entirely what our act is about. We've kind of said, all right, here's the kind of you the thing. You did do that. that. I mean, that was impressive. Like, it, you don't even acknowledge it, really. We anymore. Not really. Not really. I mean, look, there's a... Everyone re- gets it. There's it's a like, relation. Uh, We're past it. It's like behind us now. And yeah. The, same thing with the sports. And then when we did our show on ESPN Classic, our show Cheap Seats, it was like, we want to do a comedy that people who are watching the show said, I like this show and I also like 
The Conan. Daily Show or Conan right. or whatever. Not that I like this show and I also like Sports Center and I like the sports reporters and I right. like the to watch ABC Y. You don't want it to just sit in that realm. So we said, let's make it comedy first. The backdrop is that it's sports. Whereas like, all right, if we were comic book nerds and we knew everything about comedy. I mean, comic- ner- nerdism is the same. It's the same like process in your brain it's just different subjects. like nerdy sports guys are like if you go to comic-con and see that that's the same thing all the way around it's except that nerdy sports guys might kick someone's ass no, no. nerdy sports that's guys are super geeky oh they're really like, yeah, yeah they're dumb they're dumb jocks and meathead. meathead sports guys but i don't think we appeal to that audience i think we're more so you're in, talking about the like a sports nerd might be somebody who like, writes for the colbert rapport Right, but somebody that knows all the stats, that's really she into it. Whereas, like, and there's a difference between that kind of sports fan. They're like, go, you fucker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I never understood sports until a guy said to me, uh, uh, a guy I was working with, I, who I said I didn't like sports. He said, well, then how, how do you feel alive? And he was very serious about yeah. it. Frank yeah. Santorelli said that to me. Yeah, yeah. But I just never I was wired that way. I was. I just not, I don't have it in well, me. Well, no, and, it's, and it, it, it takes, I mean, I think it's just different. It's different for everybody. Like, what do we, What do you get out of sports? To me, it's 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 drama. it's drama and performance. It's, yeah, it's like people doing what they do at but the highest level. But do you jump level. off your couch and shit? I, I get jumped excited. Up. I get I've excited when up. I see stuff like here. The World Cup's coming up, and and we just That's hockey, soccer. soccer. Oh. There you go, soccer. But I mean, like, I, <laughs> you got to throw some jokes in here. Come on, <laughs> I know. World Cup's coming up. Uh, I just saw Invictus. I should know about that. You just saw Invictus. Yeah, I read. I think, did, I think that's rugby. Yeah, but they have a World Cup in rugby. They do. They all do. right, well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, like again, that is more about like you know, you see like all these countries and how political it gets and how you know what's behind it. I mean, for us, we were it's storytelling. What according what, to Invictus, rugby literally saved uh, the, that saved the country. It from, did a uh, history. It did really. I'm sure it did. I, I would just watch the they they did a thirty. There are 30 documentaries on ESPN, 30 for 30, and they did the real documentary on that game. And, and all uh, that was true? All of it was true. No None, shit. Mandela coming in, white people chanting Mandela for the first time ever because he... Like, I think it just... See, I'm tearing up again. I, provi- I sat on a fucking plane with tears on I read your. Th- I read your update. I know I'm going to talk about it on that podcast. It's genius. But it was... I don't know. There's something about it that when that element comes into it... I mean, to be honest with you how we really got into soccer we played soccer as kids but then I got like serious radio in my car and I was flipping around and I listened to a a British British announcers announce an English Premier League soccer game now yeah. the English Premier League is widely known as the best soccer league they get people from all over the world the best players play it's like the NBA but for soccer okay right. so listening to this guy call the game I can't see the action but they're, the announcers are so good. They're so emotional. They get so into it. They describe the action so beautifully. It's very mm. poetic. So mm-hmm. as a as a performer, as a storyteller, I was like, God, I'm gripped by this whole thing. I think that's really amazing. And then you start to hear about who these players are and you get into it in terms of like watching the game. And people will say soccer is not exciting at all. Like sometimes it's 0-0 zero, zero at the end of the game, but that's not necessarily the case. It could be a really exciting game. So there's a lot about it that I think emotionally you tap into that I think is really cool. It's yeah. like sits I think it's the last like piece of civic pride that exists. I also think anywhere. That, and I've talked about this before that you know I was never taught uh to have like a, a sort of healthy sense of competition. I think that if you play sports and you grow up with sports, you learn that losing isn't life threatening in that's right. situations. Well that's yeah that's whereas true. like I'm a sore loser. Yeah. I I'm I, I, I would rather quit playing than, right, than, than, than finish lose. it out. Right. Uh you know, I get very angry when someone else is winning. 
and right. even if I don't know how to play, so like I just was never taught, and I think it's a, an important part of uh, of of raising kids too. To, to, Absolutely, because like especially like if someone taught me that losing happens, you wouldn't hate us. Yeah, I wouldn't hate you, <laughs> and and I and I probably would feel better about myself in general. I sure. mean, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not losing right now, but I am working in my garage. Well, well, yes, I mean, and it, but but and I, I, what does that say about us? Do you we're, feel like we're better, just a guest in your losing? That's right. <laughs> do you feel like a be, like now? See, like now I'm a little uncomfortable because I realize that other guys who are into sports look at me as some sort of pussy because I'm not into sports. Am, am I getting that from you right now? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I don't think you're. A I lie. look at you as someone who, like, maybe you should check something out and see if one piece of it taps into something. Like, what? You... I can watch tennis, but everything else gets too complicated. Wa- watch, watch the next time. H- do you have HBO? I do. Okay. Watch the next time they do a 24-7 series, which is basically the f- it's four half-hour shows that lead up to a big boxing match. So I like boxing. I mean, okay. I can watch it, but I don't seek it out. Right, but these are the stories leading up to the show, and it's right. beautiful documentaries, half-hour documentaries. Okay. They're amazingly put together. Liev Schreiber does the voiceover, and so it feels official. It feels like it was, you know, years ago. I don't ago. love him. Oh, I love I, him? It's all right. It's yeah, all right. His voice, just his voice. He's not on camera. But it is... <laughs> a good actor, but something annoying about him. I will tell you something. You you will watch that, and you'll say, I, I, I need to watch this but fight. I actually want to go back to what you were saying about uh, losing and, and winning, just yeah. learning lessons as... I, honestly, there's like a whole movement in the United States right now to ban uh, kids losing. K- kids losing. Basically give a trophy like, to everybody. Don't give a trophy to everyone, and there's no winners. We're not going to play games with winning and losing. And I think that's a huge mistake because there are no stakes in a game. None. Like no, there's no other life and death game. other than the game. And right. so you teach a kid with no stakes again how to lose, how to lose the right way, how to. If you win, what that feels like to win and be successful, but then also like so, then you have all these kids who have grown up without knowing how to lose, and then they get out off, you know, graduate from college. They get this economy, this economy, they get a job and they fail, and they're like, well, I don't know, or they don't get a job, or they don't get a job, and they're like, I don't know how to deal with it. I'm going to move back with my parents, right? But so if they move back with their parents and they didn't get a job, then their parents should theoretically give them a trophy. Exactly. Uh, the, you exactly. didn't get a job trophy. Yeah, we're all Just getting like them. Little League. Everyone's, Everyone's getting, getting them. One. Even if you got a job, you'd get the same trophy. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Are you, are you finding with your kid? I mean, is your it's your daughter's yeah, five? Yeah, right? Daisy's five. She turns five tomorrow. Are you instilling sports in her? You know, I try. You can't to, force you it. You can't force it. I mean, I try to. The difference is, and the, and this is what I'm having a hard time with dealing with, is that when I was a kid, and if there was something that I really wanted to do, I would like go after it with like a certain you know of like a tenacity of like wanting to go after it so when I see like my kids aren't doing that like they'll just not give up or just kind of lose focus or whatever I'm like well if it were me I'd want to like kick the ball into the thing and go run after that right there and you're not doing that right now what the fuck yeah but then you got to kind of pull back and be like well that's not your thing but it's hard to know where the line is you don't want to be the great Santini you do not want to throw a ball in your kid's face (laughs) (laughs) because you're like that doesn't make away from that that doesn't make anybody feel good but uh, but I, yeah. I mean, I was driven towards other things. I guess that was just a case. And also, I was on a Little League team that was yeah. horrible. Every, every, like the Little League team I was on, could they were just like the Bad News Bears. Right. And I was like, and it was horrible. And I was fat. It was a bad experience. good. But like, I was never compelled towards it. My brother became a semi-professional tennis player. Did he really? Yeah. 
so he was a real jock in, sure, in that way. Sure, but like hardcore, like went to Nick Bellateri's tennis. Did he school. go down there? Was he down there like when Agassi was down there? No, but he was down there for a year, and it was too much for him. And the poor kid, after when it came right down to it, he that was, is like he, a... he couldn't have been a better player, but he did not have the natural ability to put him over the top. Is that what it was? So mm-hmm. he had all the intangibles, but then couldn't see. To me, that that story is fascinating. Like I think that, and again, that to me is what sports is all about. You tell the story about this kid who's got all this. You know, he's got a lot of talent, more talent than most people, enough to be invited down to this like special camp. Right, he can and play. yet he lacks the one in you know ingredient. But, but that, isn't there a similar filter uh, thing in comedy? I mean, you see a lot of people up there who kind of have the ability to get on stage and tell jokes. So they can go to New York, they can go to L.A., right. they go to a certain distance. But there's like an ability level that's different. The top. Well, the weird thing about comedy is that it, I've seen people get funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've seen plenty of people write jokes and perform them that that are not great comics, but they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, once you cross over that line, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. What are you trying to get out of it? I mean, some people can hold an audience. Some people give love. Uh, I'm I'm finding in my own career that I I don't know how to do that in general. I can I can. <laughs> I don't have the natural ability. As a person. As a person. <laughs> you know, I can be kind and I can be gracious and, and I can treat people well. Right. But the actual idea of being selfless enough to uh, to give love is is like, that is like, you know. But I, I think, but, I, but, but, you, but you might not realize it, but you are because yeah. you're giving people laughter and even if it's like a window into the part of you that is right. dark and, and crazy, think, other people can be like, well, either I have that same dark spot or I don't. So I can laugh at that in some way and feel good about the fact that I, wow, that was a dark thought. Or I mean, whatever. it's just good because it's, tr- I've always found the stuff that you do is very truthful. Same with like Louis C.K. again as a comic who, you know, you think about the truth and what he's saying on stage are one in the same. Right. So, you know, as comics for us. You're saying you don't like your kids? I don't like my kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, suddenly his act got really funny suddenly. now that we have kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so he started talking about leaving the kid by the exhaust pipe while the thing's yeah, going Yeah, baby on. in a dumpster, I get it. That yeah. joke, you're yeah. like, yeah, suddenly, like, wow, it, that's it, fucking it. truth. But uh, no, I mean, it, I, I don't know. That, that, that level of truthfulness, I think, is there is something in terms it, of it like where you, you – what it's you're just, saying, you're saying you don't give love, but I a, say I'm, to give anything to an audience, you're giving something. Well, right. It. If you give rawness and you give truth, I mean, obviously, I, sure. you know, I'm a pretty lovable guy if you get to know me, but like there's something about like. Uh, that's fun for you. Don't you enjoy that, though? I feel like that's. I do. And even when I, now when I do the podcast, it's even it's better because like I can really listen. I can empathize. I have to learn how to do these things. Right. I'm a fundamentally selfish person. Right. Now, that must be something. But that, we all are, aren't we? I feel like. I that's a good question. I mean, when you we guys. We all were, are. Why, yeah, but why were, would you, we, were you selfish at the same time? I mean, <laughs> I think it's just you, like we took too, turns being selfish. We were really courteous as to whose turn it was selfish, to be selfish. Is it my turn to be selfish now? Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's my you. turn to be Let selfish. Let me check okay. the selfish wheel. Selfish wheel? Is one of you more selfish than the other? Um, I think, honestly, I think if you get into this. Yes, who, who at, times, into, at times. I would say I'm probably more selfish you than probably you are. more selfish than me. I'm inclined I, to be more selfish. Jason se- is more selfish. More selfish what are the fun? What are the little differences? Because, like, you know, I don't know any other identical twins. What are the little differences? I mean, how do you differentiate? I mean, how do people differentiate between you? The people who know us don't even feel like we are. They're like, you guys are brothers for sure, but I don't even think. But like when you were growing up, they were like, oh, Jason's the. 
Again, Why? I don't think we went, you know, in the same way that like people when we were kids, they're like, why don't you guys switch classes? Why don't you switch over Girlfriends and, and stuff. Yeah. And we were like, did you ever do that? Come before on. the, no, we didn't. And oh. even, because you even, guys are too nice. No, no, no. no. But it felt, 10, it felt hacky. It felt hacky. It felt like hacky. It's been done before. Is this really ours? Can we claim I, I it as our own? There's a limited uh, spectrum of things identical twins can do can to do. fuck with the world. That's right. Seriously. You're like, and then that fun. also like shows you the ceiling of like what is sort of accepted general social humor connected with twins. So you say, we said in our lives, let's go away from that and do something different. I remember when we were in preschool. This show you where I was. In preschool. My kids are in preschool now. So I think of this as a funny thing. But like someone was like, you know, it's April. To me. F- it's April Fool's. You should switch shirts. To you, with- you couldn't even remember who it happened to right there. I couldn't. It was okay. to me. Okay. I knew I was involved in the story. It was a long time ago. It's... <laughs> So Stay said to me, I, you should switch shirts with your brother and switch classes in preschool. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'll switch with that kid over there. Yeah. They're like, that's not funny or good. And we're like, well, neither is the other way. Yeah. So then we didn't do it. And I felt like people could, they were trying so hard. Yeah, it was a breakthrough. Was well, breakthrough. let's get back to the fighting. Now, like, mm-hmm. have you guys sure. fought on stage? I'd love to see that. A fight on stage? No, it's, on it's stage. usually like we fought really? in a new... We fought in a New York City cab over over a set of comedy that went terrible. Now, again, you get into like, for whatever reason, again, this is the expectation level of the other person. This is like, where it'll go. If if it's not going well and there's like a heckler maybe on my side of the room, yeah. he'll I was blame like, me. I would be like, handle your business. <laughs> like, oh, handle it. Fucking, it's on, it's on no, your side of the room. There's no reason handle why he's over there. your business. How is that my fault? He could have been walking here to here from there to as me. Do you want me to cross over and handle that? <laughs> like that's suddenly my jurisdiction. So then, right. so, so then, you'll sit there on stage and watch him try to handle heckle and not step in. You'll step in. I'll step in. He'll step in if it's if it's, if it's ruining us or whatnot. But if like it's, something's bothering and he's not getting it, but so we got into a cab. Sad. Where were we? Stand in New York. Stand in New York, going down. Remember, like yeah. you remember the days where you were like, I'm on, I've got four shows. I've got to yeah, do yeah. like stand in New York, then go down and do Gotham, then come back up and do this, yeah. and then go down and do yeah. that, and then do the last one. And so we were in the midst of all that. We were like taking. Issue? Some heckler, heckler issue. The show didn't go well. I felt like it was his fault. He got. He probably knew that it was his fault and was right. upset about it. Yeah. And they, we got into a fist fight in the back of a cab a and punching, punching, beating the show each other. And the cab driver literally like pulled, pulled over. over. Was like, I can't take you. I will not take I you. I will in this not cab. allow this because it, it was too fucking funny. <laughs> I think it was too funny for him. <laughs> See grown men hitting I was each like, other. Grown twins. Grown yeah. twins. And then you're kind of like, I just was reminded of uh, Jordan Rubin's old joke about the cab driver. Was like, Hey, can you uh, pull me up? Just let me off up there in that accident that you're in. Uh, but the, the, this so guy who's a cab driver who like could get into massive accidents is now upset that like we're gonna like hurt each other. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're punching, punching. But it was a t- it's funny that it's a territorial thing. Did, yeah, did you, have, did you have to go to each when you stopped fighting? Was like just stand your side of the cab. The funny thing about the way we fight, and this is weird. I mean, I'll acknowledge that this is weird. weird. Is that we get it is all weird. weird. It is. I am not going to stand here and say that it's normal in any way, shape, or form. But I, we will fight. Get it out of our system and move on. It's a great quality to have, but what like, what choice do you have? You, you don't. You don't. You can't. Har- like for us, we can't harbor those. I mean, I mean, I hear stories about people who are like, this person didn't send a note to my family, or did my uncle didn't tell my father thank you for something, and now they don't talk for forty years. I can't understand that. Well, they don't. Also, they're not identical twins. I mean, sure. it would be a, whose a, life and whose livelihood depends on, depends on, on it. But yeah. even even if it'd just be weird. I mean, I kind of wish for the yeah. sake of the podcast that you guys had unsurmountable difficulties that that may break up the identical twinness. Yeah, but but I'm glad. Now, now okay, here's another. I question. think there's a shelf life as to what we can do. I but, mean, I definitely think. Uh, but again, together. I, 
But I again, I think that was a big choice for us not to go the route of doing typical twin stuff because there's a limit of all what what you said before is like there's only a certain number of things that twins can. What do. about when one of you get? I mean, aside from the fight, I like the idea that you know each have to handle your own side of the stage. Handle right? it, sure, sure. But but neither one of you, are, you know, you, you're not fucked up. You didn't get no. fucked up on drugs. No, you didn't, no. Neither one of you has had a, a specific event in your life happen where the other one was like, oh, I guess guess we're gonna lose him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No. No, he it's went off tra- to war. Yeah, well, that would be why? tragic. But just, yeah. I mean, yeah. but, I mean, just in terms of like, uh, you know, whatever. crazy chicks. Yeah. Like, was ever a time where you know you were going out with somebody and your brother's I mean, like that? That that's chick is Yoko. Crazy. She's yeah, fucking that's, Yoko. She's on Yoko. She's gonna break us up. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, there was a point in time where like I Jay, I got married, and right as I was getting married, he was like ended a five year relationship with a girl and so like and it ended in not such. It a was great ended way. for me. It was ended for. Him. I know that feeling. Okay. So. uh so. So imagine. Horrible. So again, we had been on the same. So plane. you're heartbroken. He's and I'm newly like married. Static. Yeah. Static. Like back from my honeymoon. Did you bring it on stage? Was that there? We did talk we about did. it some. We did more in like the uncabaret shows where but, we. But actually there was just never talk. like a period where it's like oh, Jason's the unhappy one. He was really. He, that would have been the way to do the team thing. One of you is miserable. Right. Right. And he was really upset and 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 carry that. And of course, I was super happy. So I mean, it was just. But you didn't. It didn't. It didn't show itself in the. Well, it was only true. No, it did. We did a whole show about that. We did a whole show like. But he's saying, did it come through when we were performing other material? Is that what you're saying? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it again, one thing we sort of stuck to is like, you got to do... You, you got to do your show. You got to do, do the, whatever you're feeling in that moment. Like, you can't... If that's what you did, I mean, it's... It would come out sometimes. Like, we would... You know, I don't know. Maybe only we would be able to tell it, but like, but it'd just be so funny to me. You, you guys have never thought about actually maybe doing a series of uh, you know uh, slightly planned YouTube videos where you guys are falling apart, oh, just yeah. breaking down. Like, well, sure. you know, just sort of like I'm so sick of looking at you. I know. It's like looking at me, only different, <laughs> only worse. <laughs> Like being with you is lonelier than being alone. Or, or what? Where one of you storms off stage and yeah. there's just one scar left to yeah, do all yeah. the, to you, do all the setups. Yeah, yeah, to do no the setups, lines. and then maybe you'd step over to the other side of the stage. Just do the other half uh, of it. I think that's the documentary. I'm pitching it to you right Are now. Are you? Okay. The end of the Scar Brothers. Because let's be honest, there's a there's an elephant in the garage that we need to talk there, about. There's <laughs> one of us needs to go. No, no, it's 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 an actual elephant, but there is another <laughs> set of identical Jewish twins. Oh man. Doing you know there are other twins doing comedy. You know that's what I'm saying. The Stone Brothers. Oh yeah, I, I are out there, and not only are they identical twins, they're Jews. They kind of look like they, you. No. no, do they? They're Maybe. Jews. All right, I mean, well, I guess we all look now really, we all look vaguely Semitic. Don't tell me you haven't fucking Googled them. No, I've I seen saw, it. I, I saw. It. I saw it on Last Comic Standing. Someone said, "Hey, you should watch this because there are." Other Have you groups. met the Stone Brothers? Never, Never met them. them. Never, they're in New York, right? I think they're in New York. This based. doesn't bother you? Uh, at I, first, it bothered me because I was like, oh, man. But then I was like, you know what? This is really, thank God, again, it made me say I'm happy that we chose to go the route that we did. I mean, these guys wear the exact same blazers on stage and kind of. Oh, this is interesting. So they go chose the, to go the identical. They chose to I go that route did. In, in some way. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess. I don't know. It makes me feel good about what we're doing. I mean, I watch their it's stuff. So, you're and so was, different than me. It's like you know, I'm I'm fairly specific, but like if I see someone who's it's like a little mini, like, like a me, mini Marin. 
Well, yeah, or just like I, I get resentful, I get jealous, but now like it's clear there's well, another set of Jew identical twins. Doing but don't you think comedy. it would shine a light on? Don't you think you, with all the work you've done, that if you saw someone else would be kind of like you, they'd be like, oh, that's a poor facsimile of you. Like people would no, say, no, sure, certainly. That so you would, would be feel the case. better. It would make you feel better about to me, yourself. I feel I, like, draw, I draw strength from that. I'm like, hey, look, if I if they were funnier than us and they were, they were doing with, crazy stuff that felt even better than anything we've done, I'd be like, oh, oh man, we're, we should quit. Yeah, we should. I'd be pissed about that. But but, so, but you've had the conversation. You've sat down and said, "What are we going to do about the Stone Brothers?" No, we've looked at it. <laughs> no, there's another. There was another set of twins. This is a crazy. Did you know these guys, the Leatherberries? You knew those guys. I didn't know the Leatherberries, but Paul Mooney had uh, had some kids who were twins. The Mooney twins were identical twins that were doing comedy for a while. No, but they were black, so they wouldn't tread on your your trip. Never know. But, but uh, so there was another set of twins. Actually, we were. This is way back. We had just moved to L.A. from New York. This is about ninety. Well, I think twins in show business in vaudeville and previous is is fairly common sure absolutely well there's a again there's a freakish element that people are like oh i want to see what that's all about and i guess our attitude is like let's how do we do it in a way that is what what do people want to see maybe you should do a short film where you get surgically connected to elevate the freakish element that would just take it up to another level just at the head (laughs) done our fair share to get more work i just can't believe that you don't resent the stone brother I don't resent them. I, again, if I really felt like that, what they were doing, honestly, if I felt like what they were they doing. Because they introduced themselves to me and I'm like, really, you're serious? Do you, you know the Scar Brothers? I mean, I, you, you got to be aware, right? Yes, and what they say? Well, I didn't say that, but that was my, they were all excited and they, they were like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, mm-hmm. come, on, come on. Now I got to deal with another set. Oh, God. See, you're like, I've finally gotten over hating you're the making, first ones. Now I got a day. Thanks for making me remember what it was like to hate the Scars 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as hateful as I used to, but I, I thought they got to be, that's got to drive them nuts i mean all right it doesn't if it doesn't it doesn't i mean i definitely are a little annoyed by it i i don't think it's hate it hate it i don't don't hate it if again if they did annoyed by if they did amazing material then i would be like what do they do they they i think it's just i think it's a lot of talking over each other and at the same time both of them saying different different things it's hard to understand and then they'll like come together at the end on a like a punchline thing and then oh, so that's a true that's a, a gimmick they do yep I think it's, whereas you guys talk and then the other one talks and again then, you know, or we try to listen to each other or we try to create kind of well, pick up where the, well, actually what i think what we figured out the way our act kind of works the best in in the new material that we've been writing at least the last like hour and a half of material that we've written over the last like 10 years or at least like five years is that we'll bring up a stand-up premise and then whereas other comics would use examples to illustrate it. A lot of times we'll act out a scene to like make to, 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 and you have two people on stage, you have actors, we consider ourselves to be actors. So to play out a scene, what basically demonstrating what you just brought up in premise form. And if the premise is born out of a truth that's truthful to our lives and our experience, then how can anyone else recreate? No, no, I I, I agree with you. And I think that's the best way. I think that's gotta be the approach for most of us now because there's so many comics and everyone's drawing from the same. You Don't know, you style. feel like it's like trying to build a brand new building in Manhattan? There's like no space to build. So I, that's what I think about comedy. If you want to make it original, you have to, and you want to build it up to where everybody can see it. It's like you have to build this super tall building that's on like a one foot by one foot area. Well, I think that what it. happens now is that, you know, if you're talking about something that isn't you, mm-hmm. that is just your point of view on that thing, that you're going to run into. Anybody uh, else could do that. That's right. Whereas if you ta- pick it up. Yeah. If if you're going to talk about yourself mm-hmm. in a unique way, then mm-hmm. that's that's the way you got to go. But fortunately, there are two of you, so you know that means that you're already unique. Right. Yeah. But you don't want to talk about being twins. 
not well we do actually now start we've started to but but you guys approach never like the same girl or had a threesome mm-hmm. or no threesome i couldn't do a three i can't weird? touch I can't, you it's really weird no matter what i would say that i physically can't skin on skin touch him it's no, weird that's not true it's, it's weird. weird i can but i don't like it it feels you weird don't hug and not really no, it feels really weird not, not unless we have to is that with anybody or just a, no, no just i'll hug other people I'm, I'm i'm a very touchy are you afraid that person. you're gonna meld into one person <laughs> no it's like <laughs> We become one person. If that was our, we fear. become one person. That, what happened to Jason? What if we, what, we are both one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He melded it. What me. if we became one person that just really hated the Stone Brothers? You know what I mean? Like we just melded together. <laughs> See, what all she's caused? See what she's caused. See what she did. We used to be twins. Now we're one person. We tried to Damn touch you. each other, but no. actually, we joked that it was like the end for real. Like when I shake someone's hand, there's a real connection, and you feel like there's energy being passed forth between two people. When I shake his hand, it is like. When you sleep on your arm and you kind of wake up <laughs> and you feel like your dead? arm is dead, you have to bang it against the wall just to like make sure you're not paralyzed. It's you get like, that from a handshake? It's like touching your own dead self. Your own cold, dead, <laughs> cold, dead self. Where, did you guys go to college? Yeah. What did you study? Uh, English. Me too. What did you study? English literature. You both study English literature. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, it taught us how to read and what to read and how to write. Do you I need mean, any books? I have a lot of books. Oh, you do have a lot of books. I was saying, this is a very... Uh, That's weird, though, because I was English, too, and then I went into comedy. How quickly after college did you go into comedy? We right. went into comedy during... We were in performing when we were in college. See, that's another thing I felt when I first saw you. It's like, this is college shit. Yep. Well, that... And, and that's, that's what exactly I was saying at the right. beginning, that, like, again, our material at the beginning, we made our mistakes... Like you, it was so sketchy almost. Yeah, from what just, I recall. Well, we were figuring out. Wasn't what there it was. like? Didn't you do a bit where you were playing a sport or something? No, no, no. never did that. No, that must I, have been the Stone Brothers. I'm sorry. Stone, stone, please, and stone. please, Stone and Stone. That's the most insulting thing. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't say Chang and Ang used. To yeah, do that. that no, that's horrible. Getting uh, not only getting us confused with each other, you, but getting us confused with another. You, set know of who, you know who we looked up to, like teams who were doing it. Do you remember in New York they were kind of a downtown. They weren't really comics, but they were more performance art. They were really cool. Uh, Premium Bob. Do you remember those oh, guys? God. Yeah, I do. They kind of dressed somewhat like uh, UPS. UPS, almost like yeah, sort of UPS guys. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, They were, there was a tall guy. Yeah, and I kind of remember. a short guy. And they were incredibly interesting and thoughtful in what they did back and forth. Their relationship back and forth was very intriguing to us. And I so, kind of remember them, but I don't remember They were performing like the kitchen. Remember that place yeah, down yeah, there yeah, on yeah. the west side? And yeah. so like the, those guys really inspired us. We were like, oh, well, that's really interesting because they're not taking the form of like, I'm this guy and then he's this guy. It was sort of like, wow, then they can go back and forth. When we started watching like the rebar and whatnot, you'd see like- I can't believe it, it's been that long because rebar that? was like pre- Everything. Rebar was Rebar was a U-shaped couch. I mean, to be honest with you, how we, worst performance situation in the world. Ever. Except that, pe- except that the audiences were great and people loved and it. And they all sat on the floor. Sat and that was sort of the, the beginning couch. of that alternative scene in New York. But Rebar, totally. there was one show previous to when it moved to Rebar at some other place. And I remember it was me, Jeffrey Ross, uh, Sarah Silverman, you know, uh, Mark Cohen. Mm-hmm. And then the Rebar thing happened and that became a real thing. That became a real thing. And then, then Luna happened. I don't even remember what the time frame of it was. I think it was Rebar a was a year. A year then, at Rebar. And then, and we started going to Rebar through, was through Kindler. Kindler, we met and, you know, just went out and saw a show right. that he did. And, I, he, and we brought him to, to Michigan when we were still there. We like, we were doing a comedy show, hosting a comedy show there. And he was our favorite comedian. It's like we saw him in St. Louis. and you know, He's so funny. So funny. And he was the first person we'd ever seen who 
who was so committed to his material even if it wasn't working and and I think that's the name of the CD. Yeah, he's committed to my material if <laughs> he's not, not working. But he, say, the, yeah. he did like an hour in St. Louis that was hilarious. Like every yeah. bit hilarious and he was on fire and the crowd didn't get it. Yeah. And, yeah, and of course they didn't and it was in St. Louis. But we went I mean, nuts and it was I've a that happened It was a weird gig, but we Of course af- we were loving it and afterwards like, "Hey, you want to come perform at the University of Michigan? Can you, Matt, like, can you imagine you have a really bad show and then you get work off of that?" Were you <laughs> guys never... in charge of booking comedy? At the yeah. Year? Yeah, at the time for our senior year there and we brought him there and we we're like, "Take a look at our comedy and tell us what you think about it. Do you think that we actually have a shot to to do this rather than go off and What did Andy say? I can't imagine. Andy that. was a hundred percent truth. He's like, I like you. I like hanging out with you guys. You guys are really funny hanging out. Your material's going to have to. You're going to have you have to, to get rid of all your material. all your material. You're going to have to lose the brother. One of you is going to have to lose. <laughs> you are going to have to meld together. You're going to have to meld together. Can you do that? Uh, and uh, he just says like, you're going to have to lose your material. But if you write all new material that's truthful to how you guys are off stage and when we're hanging out and being funny, then I think you guys absolutely have a shot of doing something. And as soon as we heard that, we're like, this is it. So fuck, we need fuck law school. You're on it. No law school. No when did that? Day, do you still think about law school occasionally? There are times yeah, when, when we don't when, when I don't work worked. for a long time and I have a mortgage and yeah, I'm yeah. like, uh, I'm, I'm I'm really glad. Wouldn't it have been great to be a yeah? Wouldn't it have been dreams. great to be a funny lawyer? Yeah, been squar great. and squar. That's just so plan B is gone. Personally, it's gone. No more plan B. No more plan B. Do you guys write regular scripts together? Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, we've written TV stuff and but like for other people, oh, I mean, for other people to do. Yeah, we wrote some what's some movie stuff together. I mean, it's fun to write together because really the I mean the stuff we're the best at is the dialogue in the scenes because right. we can just sort improvise. of say like, well, what is this? Where is this going to go? Let's improvise this out, and then it's there. Right. You know, the things that we have harder time with are like massive story arcs and you yeah, know, yeah, getting yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. right. But I think that's what comedians have a problem with that in general. But no, like, I think that's true. You know, you do you write all, are all your other projects written for twins? No. Yes, all of them are stone and stone. The stone yeah, they're all stone uh, and stone. No. That'd be hilarious. Vehicles for the Stone Brothers. <laughs> we have the untitled Stone That's and Stone Brothers. That's a good Brothers. story. Vehicles yes. for the Stone Brothers. That would be a great story. Like twin, like twin comedians who tried their best to stay truthful to who they were. Right. Like totally tr- took the high road with everything and tried to do it, and are struggling to make it. And then they get one shot to write something a for a sitcom a, that's like what everything that they wouldn't do for an upcoming twin, twin comedian yeah. act. Wouldn't that be great? That's great. And, then, they, and then it's a super Should success. I mail this podcast to myself? Yeah, mail the podcast to yourself and get get to work on that project. So uh, if you see it, it, you saw the genesis of it here, folks. It's called so, Getting Stoned in Stone. <laughs> getting Stoned in Stone by the Squire Brothers. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, fellas. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, that was Randy and Jason Sklar, and quite honestly, they just walked out, and I really, I don't, I still probably couldn't tell you which one was which, and I don't mean that to be offensive, I'm just, I don't know, I just, it's hard for me, I, I, it's hard, I don't see them enough, perhaps if I was integrated into their life in some way, I would uh, have an easier time. I'm going to I'm gonna start watching sports too, so that's my list, uh, get off nicotine, uh, sing in public, uh, and enjoy sports. I'm still on the fence about the God thing. Although that uh, I did that early lightning reading uh, in the show. A couple of things I want to tell you. I want to remind you about the Bring the Rock show tomorrow night, uh, July 18th and 19th at Cobb's Comedy Club with me, Greg Barrett, Nick Thune, Grant Lee Buffalo, and the boys. I will be singing. If I'm not singing, I will have a very good reason not to. And I will be capturing that process, I believe, for a future WTF. Please, folks, go to WTFPod.com and get on that email list because I'm doing it. 
If that's not a reason. I mean, I'm actually doing it. I'm doing a weekly email list with pictures and links to the people on the show, some of my thoughts. I'm, I'm emailing you uh, my dates. So so do that. And if you have it in your heart, please uh, you know donate a little money. You know that we got the $250 Super Premium uh, Donation Package, a one-time donation of $250. We'll get you a WTF shirt, uh, a Nerdcock shirt, uh, a special Best of WTF CD, all three of my CDs, all of these signed, and stickers. I'll send some stickers. And if you want to forego one of the shirts, I will send you a copy of my book, Jerusalem Syndrome, signed to you. $250 Super Premium Membership. The $10 a month, a regular subscription donation gets you a what the fuck shirt, a few stickers, a signed postcard, and my uh, eternal love. You can also go to WTFPodshop.com to get the premium episode that's up there now with Greg Giraldo, Janine Garofalo, Todd Berry, Tom Shalou, John Mulaney. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Oh, I know why I'm forgetting. Morgan Murphy, who decided to uh, call me out on our strange uh, brief affair in front of the 300 people at Comics. So that's up at WTFPodshop.com. Aside from that, uh, fuck, man, you know, have a good day. Uh, Next week, probably going to get the Jim Jeffries up. Jim Jeffries, Australian comic, worked a lot in uh, Britain, now is here. Funny guy, a lot of good stories. Look forward to that. Love you all. Seriously, I do. Fuck, my lips are chapped.